Well, hello, and welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we explore money through a spiritual lens. I'm Elle, a certified financial planner and a witchy old soul who just so happens to be going through a spiritual awakening myself. I launched this podcast to provide practical tips for stepping into your own wealth, purpose, and sovereignty as you navigate your own spiritual awakening. I lean on my own experiences in finance to look at money through the lens of energy, spirituality, science, and intuition. You'll gain financial knowledge to step into your soul's highest purpose and prosperity through a combination of episodes focused purely on financial terms, but also we'll explore a variety of spiritual topics as they relate to your money and wealth. If you're ready to step into ease and flow in your financial life and let that ripple across every single aspect of your life, stay tuned. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Perspective Podcast. It's hard to believe we are entering February. I just... I'm not ready. It's This is so wild. This year has flown by already. And um, I would love to say that I've been productive and I'm feeling confident in my new business, but I feel like there have been so many blocks lately that I've been trying to clear and work through and, and I've realized that it just, it's about flow. It's about acceptance and realizing I can't control everything all the time, right? I just can't control that my son has to stay home unexpectedly for days at a time. I can't control when other people don't respond to me. I can't control my surroundings all of the time. And as a projector, I have to let invitations come to me. That's difficult for me. So that's what I've been thinking about and struggling with lately. Among other things is Mercury retrograde. And I I don't talk a ton about that, but I have tried recording the intro to this podcast, which has been ready to post for over a week. And you guys, this is now my seventh attempt and I'm not making that up. I am having major technology problems and um, really looking forward to Mercury Retrograde being over so I can get this out into the world. And yeah, it is late. I try to stay on a bi-weekly schedule, but hmm, what, what do you do? What do you do? I, I can't fight it anymore. You know, I have to go with the flow. And if things aren't working for me in the moment, I've learned to just take a breath and move on to something else, you know, and not let that ruin my day. So here's my seventh attempt at recording this intro. What has been on my mind lately is the state of the world, where we are headed in this Aquarian age and where we've been. And when I think about how far we've come with technology in just the last few hundred years, it's really incredible. But then I realize how many people are still suffering. Has technology actually made our lives better? Or is it breeding depression and a disconnection from spirit? Is it reducing the divide between the rich and the poor? You know, these are questions that I struggle with because I see the statistics right now on the savings rate for an average American family. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but over 58% of Americans don't have $1,000 saved. And so... Doing the work that I do, having managed assets for wealthy people, it often just felt really futile because 
how is that enriching the world? How is that changing our financial system from the ground up? From the top down and the bottom up, I believe change has to come from all sides. I couldn't answer that. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I'm putting out this podcast, this information that melds together energy, our own spiritual awakenings, and money consciousness, financial consciousness, financial literacy. Because we are here at this time to rise together, especially women, especially the feminine. And it's become increasingly difficult for me to be around the old systems, the old patriarchy, you know, financial advisors in suits, talking heads about what stock you should buy today and how the market is plunging and you better jump in on that opportunity and here's what you should buy and here's what you should sell or it's just so outdated and it's not authentic to so many of us starseeds. And that's why I think many of us have shied away from finance, but that's changing and let men and old systems and old paradigms claiming our power. That number, that 58% of people with without, not without a thousand dollars saved. I hope that that changes over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years that Everyone has accessible financial information and advice and leaders that they can trust. Because right now in the financial system, 80% of the people caught up in that paradigm, that system, are not trustworthy. They are just going by the book and flying blindly and trying to sell products to people. And it's really harmful. But what prompted me to do this today and talk about energy and budgeting is just reading those statistics recently about how few people have money saved, how many people are living paycheck to paycheck. It has to change. And the only way that we can change that is to actually put some structure around our spending and understand cash flow. Cash flow is comprised of looking at income and expenses, the cash flowing in and out of your life. But we can also look at cash flow as this energy flow. And I do look at money from both sides. And I'm just getting started. I'm really excited to put out some programs and some coaching this year. And I'm working on my offerings right now. And if Mercury Retrograde will let me get some SHIT done, that I will start putting that stuff out. Um, I just ask that if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, that you share it because this medicine, this wisdom needs to be shared. We have to bridge the gap as women, as the rising feminine, because no one else is going to do it for us. We're not here to give away our power. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Today, I want to talk about the energetics of money as well as budgeting. And I think we have to talk about both. Because the traditional world of finance tends to ignore the elephant in the room, which is emotions and feelings around money. We all have pretty different and varied experiences when it comes to money based on how we grew up. But our modern financial system is not designed to take that into account, as you can imagine. I talked earlier about taking a walk before this podcast and being in nature helps us clear our channel. What is our channel? 
when we are born, we're born a clear channel for spirit. We are born creators with an ability to manifest and create whatever we could possibly imagine and desire, because that is why we were brought here to earth. We're incarnated to learn lessons, but along the way, as we got older, ideas and norms, social norms, beliefs from our parents were passed on to us. And I like to think of this as you being a child, being a a Jeep, and you go through life without realizing that you have a windshield. And that windshield is getting dirtier and dirtier and dirtier as you're driving down this long, windy path, this long highway. The windshield is accumulating years of junk, but you have no idea. You have no idea what's accumulating and you start to feel heavy and you start to feel off and you don't know why. You might even have a bout of depression here or there or or emotional outbursts or just triggers around things, but you don't really know why. And then one day your friend comes around and says, hey, wow, your windshield's really dirty. Do you mind if I wipe it down for you? Or at least just wipe a little spot off so you can see? And you go, wait. I have a windshield? What's a windshield? What do you mean it's dirty? And they wipe this little spot, just this little speck, and this bright light shines through. And you can see. And you go, whoa, wow. I can't, I was missing out all this time on this beautiful, clear landscape as I'm driving through life. What is this? I can see a little bit, and you want more. And that's what shadow work and energy work do for us. Because we go through life and we realize, we don't realize that our windshield is getting really dirty. And if we don't understand how to manage our energy, how to feel our feelings and our emotions, that windshield just continues to accumulate junk. And then something hits us, the spiritual awakening, our first yoga class, or an instructor that made a difference in our lives, or a Reiki session or a book or even an article or a, a health crisis. And we have a brief glimmer of what a conscious life looks like and what it can be. And we want more. And this podcast is here. I'm here to help guide you as you move through that sludge on the windshield and you start to remove it. And you begin to see the gems on the other side. You begin to see a clearer picture, a clearer landscape of your life. But our society as a whole does not teach this, obviously. And the financial world especially doesn't talk about feelings and emotion when it comes to our money. But if you look up financial advice right now, for example, budgeting, which is what we're going to talk about today, (laughs) You will find thousands of articles about budgeting and how to do it and what to do, all different types. Some are great, some are not. But you know what I've noticed? None of them address the fact that budgets can bring up a whole lot of feelings in us, often negative, based on our view of money and how we grew up. So, I think they're great, 
but they're not right for everyone at this time in their lives. I think if you have not done the basic work of clearing some of your money blocks and some of your money wounds, and you don't have a basic understanding of your own intuition yet, budgets can feel quite limiting and constricting, and they can sometimes feel scary. Because if you grew up in poverty, which let's be honest, our socioeconomic conditions here, especially in the United States, there's this massive divide, right? There's so many people that have grown up in poverty where life was about survival for you. It's not, it wasn't about sticking to a budget or even having a budget. What's a budget when you're just trying to survive or vice versa? You've grown up with a tremendous amount of wealth. What's a budget? Why would you have a budget? You just spend freely, right? So the conditions, the socioeconomic conditions in which you were born into create your views around money and also budgeting. And I think the reason that budgets get a bad rap is because they can feel so limiting and constricting for so many of us that grew up in poverty. And I just want to say that I did not grow up in poverty, but I've worked with many clients who have, and I know firsthand that I'm not going to put anyone who has tremendous amount of scarcity around money on a budget yet, because we have to work through those blocks because just a reminder, you are a channel for money. You're a channel period, but you are also a channel for money. And when I can help clients kind of remove some of the dirt off of the channel, it can be actually expansive to start building some structure around your finances. And so there are steps and ways to look at your financial life without going too far into one extreme or another, without going too far into that, oh, limiting, constricting feeling. So really explore your own personal patterns and feelings about budgeting before you even get started. And if you love them, great. You'll enjoy this episode. If you don't love them, I think you'll still get a lot out of this episode today. Because we're going to talk about budgeting from an energetic perspective first, and then get into the different types of budgeting based on your personality, even your astrological sun sign. Because I think all of these aspects make us who we are and can dictate what budget is best for you, if at all. I am developing this into a program later on this year. This will be part of my first offering I'm very excited about. But I just wanted to get this out there because we all need some basic understanding of finances and financial literacy. But If you haven't laid the groundwork, it can be very triggering. So balance is an important part of being an energetic channel and a financial channel, the channel for money. What do I mean by balance? that, That word is thrown around a lot. If you lean heavily towards the feminine or the masculine when it comes to your finances and your life in general, you may need a little bit of reining in so that you can balance out the feminine and the masculine. If you've spent your life careless around money, if you've never had to pay attention to money or you've chosen not to, maybe recklessly so, you will benefit from building structures around your money, related to money. 
Those structures can look like tracking your cash flow, budgeting, and setting goals, which we already have talked about on a prior episode. And once you realize that you really haven't focused at all on it, maybe because you've had your head in the clouds or you just have a particular astrological sign that's not interested in structure, you'll realize that providing a little bit of structure, if you're way too far onto that feminine side, will no longer block you, but it will open up your channel for money because you're providing the balance that your soul actually craves. So your soul does crave a balance of the masculine and feminine in every aspect, but even financially. So I'd encourage you to think about where you are on the spectrum. If you're careless around money, you're more towards the feminine side, um, but way too far on the spectrum. And conversely, if you already have a great deal of structure in your life, you're leaning way towards the masculine. Okay. And so if you're everything in your life is structured to a T, and you're checking your budget and you're checking your spreadsheets and checking your financial accounts every day, you may actually be leaning way too far to the masculine and need to let go of that structure and relax it. Um, Sometimes we have to stop following the rules and just let spirit guide us and move more into the feminine. And so there are these wounded aspects of masculine and feminine when it comes to our money. And budgeting shouldn't limit us in any way. It should fit into that balance piece. So I'm going to talk about some different types of budgets today that will fall onto the spectrum of balance based on whether you lean more towards the feminine or the masculine. And I also want to remind you that how how you view your money will change throughout your life depending on where you are. Balance of masculine and feminine actually changes depending on where we are. So let me give you a quick example of that. When I got my first job out of college, I was incredibly structured and controlling because I was scared of not having enough money. And I budgeted to a T. I mean, I tracked our money daily. I had to make sure that there was always money in the account. We had an emergency fund set up. I'd obsess over grocery bills and gas bills every single day. I would give my now husband grief if he bought beer. I would give him grief if he went out with a friend. I would give myself grief if I went out with a friend for a meal. I just was so scarce. I was really, really caught up in this control, this need for control and this structure. And so as I went through my spiritual awakening and realized that I had a problem there, I started to loosen up the reins and I went through a period where I did not have a budget at all. And I spent very intuitively, I spent when I felt like it was needed, when it felt like it was good for my soul. And you know what? I didn't run out of money, guys. Shocking. So I've been through both sides and I'm now in a more of a balanced place, but I'm, I would lean much more towards the feminine now where I don't track my money as closely Um, number one, because I have a pretty robust emergency fund, but number two, because I have a lot of trust and spirit and in my own abilities and my business. And I know that if I feel the call and the need to spend on a particular experience or product or item for my future growth as an investment, I will get that money back. I will make that money back. And so I'm in a 
more of a flow state with my money now than I've ever been, which I need to be because I just quit my full-time job and I just started my own business. And so I'm living off of a lot of my savings, obviously. Um, but we humans, we change, we grow and we go through different times in our lives where it may be absolutely appropriate to have a budget and other times where no, it, it's not appropriate. Um, and some examples of that might be, you know, if you're having a child or you're going through a big move and, you know, if you're so busy and so stressed that keeping a budget would only further stress you that I'd say, don't do it. Um, you know, it just, just listen to your soul. What makes sense for you? What do you need in this moment? Um, I think we all need different things. Um, and so we'll talk more about times when it's great to have a budget and times when it's not, but also let me just cover why, why do we have a budget? Why do we need it? Do we, do we need a budget? What's the purpose of a budget? Right? So I think tracking our money is pretty powerful for any of us at any point in our life. If we've never, if you've never done it before, tracking your money can help you put structure around your financial life. But that also has such a ripple effect on the rest of your life, because if you can put some structure around that, you can figure out where you can make small tweaks to make a greater impact in the world, to make a greater impact in the world, but also for yourself and your own personal goals and your family. So tracking your money is key, right? Taking a look at how much you're spending, how much you're saving, it takes time. But once you start to track that, which is what we call cash flow planning, you can get a greater picture of what you're spending. And then going forward, decide where can I make tweaks and what I'm spending and saving and investing so that I can make a greater impact. So once you've taken a look at where your money is going, then we can introduce budgeting and say, okay, Let's, let's track this for, I'd say track it for at least three to six months. Six months is ideal because you're going to have a lot of expenses that are irregular. You know, the car breaks down, the, you need a new roof on the house or a new appliance. There's just so much that happens in our lives that we have to plan for that's not always planable. So since spending is typically irregular for most people, I think it's appropriate to look at your cash flow for at least six months and, and then say, okay, where has my money been going? Where has, where have I spent my paycheck this month? Where did I spend my paycheck last month? And how much am I saving? How much am I putting down to debt? So all of this is providing some level of structure in your financial life so that you can go forward and make just small tweaks here and there. And like I said, it's not something that you have to do forever because it's going to change. Let's get a little bit more into budgeting. You want to ensure that you've tracked your money for six months. Like I said, you can track it in spreadsheets. You can track it in an app. You can track it via credit card statements, but just start to put together a framework of your income. And I would say your after-tax income because that's really what matters, right? Taxes are done. They're gone. Now we're going to say, hey, what do I have left? What do I have left after I have already paid my taxes and maybe, maybe even health insurance? After all of that, what's left? 
every month. That, that would be your after-tax income. And you're going to look and see how that has been spent. Where has it gone? No judgment there. Just where has it gone? How much is left? How much are you able to save? Are you going over every month? Are you spending more than you have? Once you've identified that over a period of time, you can then decide what kind of budget makes sense for you. And the purpose of a budget, like I said, is to put some structure around your money, but it's also to help you save. Save and invest, I will say, because if you don't have an emergency fund, it's going to be tough to build one if you don't know where your money is going. You get my drift? So step one in kind of overhauling your money situation, once we've been through all that shadow work and all that fun stuff, is to say, okay, how much do I have in savings? Do I have an emergency fund, a rainy day fund, an FU fund, which would be if you're looking to quit your job? The typical emergency fund recommendations are three to six months of your income, after-tax income, should be saved. It should not be saved in stocks or anything risky. It should not be tied up in any way. It should be liquid available cash for emergencies. But let me remind you that we've just been through a two-year pandemic. And you guys, I think a lot of people were finding during the pandemic, uh, three to six months savings doesn't really get you very far. <laughs> no, it doesn't, not in a pandemic. And if there's anything that I've learned about what's going on in the world, it's that the world be a little crazy right now. <laughs> and if you have the opportunity to save more than three to six months and you have the means, please do so. I always recommend to my higher net worth clients to have one to two years worth of cash. But guess what? If you're just starting out, your first goal should be three months. And if you can get to three months, I want your second goal to be six months. So let's break it down into small manageable steps. If you have six months emergency fund, your next goal should be a year and so on and so forth. But let's just say for the purposes of the podcast today, six months, okay? That's going to cover your household expenses in the case that, that you lost your job. Now, what about if you're married? Well, the chances of you both losing your job at the same time are going to differ based on what you actually do for a living. So you've got to make that call. I think it's always smart to, to combine the incomes and say, okay, how much do we have enough to cover at least six months of living expenses for our family? Um, once you've covered that, you can then begin to invest. But here's the thing. Using a budget can help you build your emergency fund and help you figure out where you can make tweaks and shift money into the emergency fund. So I like budgets for that reason. And I use them with all of my clients. And I have a really hard time advising anyone if they're not tracking their money. Because, I mean, how can you get anywhere financially if you don't know where you are? It's tough, right? It's just, it's like if you're looking at a map and you don't know where you are on the map, how do you know you're going to get to where you're going? If you see where you want to go on the map and you don't know where you are, that's not a good thing, right? It's like, wait, where am I starting? 
that's the same with your money. If you don't know where you're starting, you're just kind of dead in the water, right? So that's why I think it's so important to talk about this. And is it the sexiest thing on the planet? No. Do people hate budgets? Yes, for good reason. We already talked about that. But budgets can be fun because you can actually look at your own personality and your own astrological sun sign and say, okay, what budget makes sense for me? So let's talk about that. All right, well, this is the fun part. Budgeting can be fun, you guys, because we get to look at astrology and your own personality when it comes to choosing a budget, which I love. Okay, there's no one size fits all. I think you get to decide. You get to decide what works for you and what sounds more exciting to you. So looking at astrology can really facilitate the budgeting. We already talked about the feminine and the masculine. We all tend to have a money personality as it relates to our birth chart. And we've had an astrology episode already on the podcast, but for those who haven't heard it, you can utilize astrology to facilitate your financial life because it, the stars can tell you so much about your own personality. So I have found in working with certain types of personalities that are really detail-oriented, like Virgos, that they tend to like a specific type of planning, very detail-oriented, and they also tend to love budgets and spreadsheets. Not only Virgos, but also some Capricorns and I'd say Scorpios, Taurus can lean either way. Definitely Virgos though, because the the idea of a spreadsheet just really excites them for the most part, tracking their money, planning, you know. What kind of budget should a Virgo have? A Virgo is going to use what I call a zero balance budget. These are very common. You've, you've probably seen the zero balance budget before online. It's probably the most ubiquitous budget out there because this budget looks like a pie chart. And basically you input all of the different, different categories of spending in your life into the budget and you track every single dollar that you spend. Now, as you can imagine, that's a bit of work right? To actually categorize all of that and track it. And if you are a Sagittarius, for example, that might give you hives to even think about that. And I totally get it. But for the most part, if you're just starting out with your money, tracking everything to a T is the best way to know where you are. So for those people who like Virgos and Scorpios and Capricorns and Aquarius that already love it, great. You're going to, you're going to love using the zero balance budget. But for those of you who need more structure, talking to you, Sagis, for the short term, just for the very short term, you could also try this. Basically, the zero balance budget says if you start out, let's say with $1,000 of income, you're going to assign a job to every dollar. Where's 500 going? To rent. Where's 150 going? To bills. Where's 300 going? To food. I'm, I'm just giving you an example here, but everything has a category and even miscellaneous spending. I'm going to give you some examples here of what these categories could look like for you and also post on my Instagram an example of a zero balance budget. But seriously, guys, if you look them up, there's so many out there. I don't want to spend a tremendous amount of time just like creating this for you because it already exists out there. Okay. I just want you to kind of link it up with your personality so you know what works for you. So an example of this may be you've got categories like gifting, 
pets, travel, spirituality, food and supplements, automated savings, debt payments, health and wellness, children, education, housing and bills, transportation and repairs. These are all different categories of your life where you're spending money and you're assigning what you're spending to this particular bucket. I just want to briefly mention that every budget I recommend is going to have a savings, investing, and debt payment section. The key to budgeting for saving and investing and debt payment is automation. I don't care what kind of budget you're using, start automating your savings in some way, shape, or form. That means that if you are getting a paycheck, you are having the employer take out a percentage and putting it into your retirement plan if you are able to contribute. I don't care if it's even starting at 2% or 5%, but saving something and automating it will help your money compound over time. And it takes the guesswork out of it. It takes the emotion out of it. It just, it just is. It happens every paycheck and you start to forget that that money is even going somewhere. It's just gone. You, you don't miss it. That is key to every single type of budget that I recommend. Okay. Because if you can't start automating your savings and you can't start saving for an emergency fund effectively. So if you do not have an emergency fund currently, you're going to want to start automating savings into the emergency fund. And once you get to your goal, you can then decide what to do with that savings. You may divert it into a different type of account. And we'll talk to you in the later episode about how to invest that. But automate that savings. And ideally, you want to put it into a high interest or high yield savings account. So it's earning something. You do not want to put it into anything risky if you're putting money into an emergency fund right now. Once you've met the emergency fund, only then would I recommend that you start investing into riskier securities and types of investments. Okay. That is a zero balance budget. Like I said, it's for those detail oriented people or for those people that maybe need more structure for the short term to look at your money. If it doesn't sound good to you and you feel like you can't do it and you're not going to stick to it, don't do it. Try a different kind of budget. My second budget is called the anti-budget. And I love this budget because I tend to attract a lot of free spirits into my life. I think it's because I'm kind of more of a structured person and opposites attract. And a lot of my friends and clients happen to be free spirits. So these are my Sagittarius, Pisces, Libra, um, Gemini people out there, especially Sagges. Love my Sagges. I really tend to attract a lot of Sagges and I love you Sagges. I really do. But you don't really like structure. You don't like those zero balance budgets. And when you try to use them, you feel very constricted. I know. I get it. It can be beneficial in the short term, but if you can't bring yourself to do it, the anti-budget might be right for you. The anti-budget is exactly what it sounds like, guys. It is saving, automating savings, and then spending everything else that you make. Okay, pretty simple. There's two categories, two buckets. Can't be any simpler than this. Two buckets. You have your savings bucket, which again, I already said, you want to automate the savings into a high yield savings account if you're saving for your emergency fund and or invest, which we'll talk about a lot on the podcast soon. 
ideally your savings rate should be double digits, you know, 10% or more, but you have to start somewhere, right? So if you've never saved before, try 5% and work your way up one percentage point at a time until you get to a comfortable level. Ideally 15 to 20% is fantastic. If you're saving that much from a young age, you will be in excellent, excellent shape in the future. But regardless of how much you're saving, it's all compounding and it's all helping you. So I say start where you can. So automate those savings and investments. So they come out every single paycheck automatically. And then whatever's left in your account, you spend. But you get to decide how you spend it. But you can't spend more than what you have. That's the key here, right? There's no just going willy-nilly and just spending on credit cards. No, you want to actually pay attention to what's in the account every single month and say, okay, how much do I have after my savings? How much do I have after I put that money away and spend everything else? Now, everything else has to include your bills. It has to include your fun. It has to include your food. It has to include literally your whole life. So there's still some level of tracking that has to be done here. And I recommend maybe you even utilize your debit card for a little while to see, are you spending within that range? Are you sticking to what you have left monthly? If you are a free spirit, let's say, you may not want to look at all at your bank accounts and just spend on a credit card freely and intuitively and live life only to realize that you've overspent what you came into your account. That's not a budget at all. That's just overspending and lifestyle creep, right? So we want to be structured and paying attention to how much do I have to spend and I'm going to only spend this much. Whatever's left over at the end of the month, you can then divert into more savings or spend it. I'd say divert into more savings if you can. So that's the anti-budget. This also is really good for those of you who have been way too structured, who are, have been like I, I talked about that balance. If you have been so structured in your life that you've never done anything like this, you've never spent intuitively, you've never just kind of let yourself be free and let yourself go, I think this is a great way to do it. Um, and like I said, I actually tried this and it worked out really well. I automated all of my savings for a while and just spent intuitively and freely and didn't go over budget, believe it or not. I still paid attention. Pay attention to where you are in your current situation, in your life. Ask yourself on the spectrum of feminine and masculine, am I swinging way too far to one extreme? And if I am, which of these budgets would help me rein that in? I got one more for you though. And this is another one that I, I feel like this one can help almost anyone. I really like this budget because it's just a little bit more detailed than the last. This is called the 50-30-20 budget. So what is the 50-30-20 budget? The 50-30-20 budget I like because it is so simple and it was actually created by Elizabeth Warren and her daughter. Um, but aside from that, regardless of who created the budget, I still really like it because you break down your spending into three different buckets. 50% is the bucket for needs and mandatory expenses. 
So that would include mortgage and rent payments, utilities, healthcare, basic groceries, transportation, and childcare costs. Then 20% of your income is going towards savings and debt payments. So obviously that does not include mortgage debt, but other types of debt like credit card debt or student loans, as well as saving and investing. And then the last bucket is the 30% bucket, which accounts for wants. So these wants could be things like eating out, shopping, cable for your television, those non-essentials that you could live without. But I would argue that having a cell phone and internet these days is more of a need to stay connected. So I would put cell phone and internet costs into the 50% bucket and everything else into the 30% bucket. So it's simple, it's straightforward, except for the fact that you have to be able to categorize wants versus needs. And some people may look at wants versus needs differently, right? So if you think that clothing, new clothing is a need, well, it's probably not. It's probably a want. Figuring out what a want and a need is is going to be important before you start this budget, but also taking a look at your overall income and asking if it even makes sense because this budget works for people who have a moderate to high income, but it doesn't typically work for people who are very low income because 50% may not be sufficient to cover your needs. If so many Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, my guess is that a large portion of their paychecks is going to needs much more than 50%. So take a look at your spending. And if your needs fall under 50%, you may actually really like this budget. But if you live in an expensive place, like a large city, LA, San Francisco, New York City, you may have higher housing costs that push you well over that 50% rule. And in that case, I would use a different type of budget. It's also worth mentioning that there are many other types of budgets out there. And the only other one that I typically recommend is for people who are paying down debt. If you're paying down debt, and I'm not talking about mortgage, I'm not talking about house debt. I consider that to be good debt. I consider that to be perfectly acceptable debt. But if you have high credit card debt or consumer debt, like personal loans, if you're having a spending problem and you can't get out of debt and you continually go down that path of acquiring more and more debt, you may want to consider using an envelope style method of budgeting for a short term to get a handle on your spending. And so what that entails is that you would cut up or freeze your credit cards and take out your income in cash and put it into envelopes based on the categories of spending you want to have. So shopping, groceries, gas and transportation, mortgage or rent, miscellaneous needs, wants, each envelope would have a specific amount of cash in it and you can only spend that much week to week. I've utilized that with several clients who are in severe credit card debt who just were overspending. But for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of cash these days, so I don't recommend it that often. But I wanted to make you aware that if you are overspending and you have an emotional attachment to spending on a credit card, in order to break that, not only do you have to do some of that inner work, the shadow work, the energy work that we've talked about, 
but also you may need some more structure in spending in the form of using that envelope system. So there you have it. Those are all of the different types of budgets, which falls into cash flow planning. Everyone can benefit from some type of cash flow planning. And I hope that this has been helpful for you as you decide what method is right for you. So what are the common themes across all of these different types of budgets? Well, you get to decide how you look at it and it can be an opportunity. You can look at it as opportunity and freedom. You can say, oh, wow, okay, we have this much to spend this month on travel or on eating out with friends instead of, oh, no, I, 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 can't, I can't purchase this. I can't purchase that. It's not in the budget. It's really more about expansion and opportunity than anything else. And if it starts to feel limiting, maybe it's time to tweak it a little bit or work on making more money and, and increasing the income. So there are quite a few common questions that I get around budgeting. I'm just going to answer these are a little bit more detailed questions. Should I even start a budget if I'm, at, I'm in a time in my life where income is irregular? Yes. If there are patterns with your income, then you can begin to build out a budget for your irregular income. If there's absolutely no pattern, yes, then you still want to establish a budget baseline based on the income you know you're going to create. You're going to create an income stream from your irregular income. Okay, so if your income is 10,000 one month, 1,000 the next month, 8,000 the next month, 6,000 the next month, you're going to average those together and start taking money from that income, putting it into a savings account and paying yourself out of that savings account a very specific amount of money monthly. So you may say, okay, I'm going to live off of $3,500 a month. And you're going to pay yourself a salary from that irregular income. It's one of the best ways to set up a budget. Number two, should I have a budget if I am dealing with a lot of emergency expenses. If you are going through a health crisis and you don't know when the next emergency bill is going to show up and you're going through chemo or you're, you've been in an accident and you've had surgery after surgery, sticking to a budget and creating a budget, this is not going to be the right time to do that. It's just really about getting through this time, right? So give yourself some grace. I'd say no. You don't need to set that up right now. It's great to track where it's all going, but there's no way to set goals right now, and that's okay. Third question, what if I go over budget? Great question. You will go over budget. Some months you may, and some months you may not. But if you do, do you have a way to cover that with your emergency fund and then a way to make that back up again the next month? Is there a way where you can lower expenses in another month? If you're going over budget consistently, that's when it's time to tweak the budget. Okay, tweak the budget. If you're spending double what you say you want to spend on groceries, well, I think you need to alter your budget and just change it so that maybe your grocery budget is higher and your budget elsewhere is lower. You may have to tweak it. What can I say to friends or family? That's the fourth question. I like this one. What we say has tremendous amount of impact on our energy. And remember I talked about us being a channel. If we say, I don't have the money for that. I can't go out with you. It's not in the budget, which is what I used to do, by the way. We are creating a cycle of scarcity. We could say, that's not in my budget right now, but I'm going to plan for that next month. 
Or we could say, let me tweak the budget to make space for this. Or I desire to spend X amount of money in this area. When we say I desire, we start to attract that money into our lives. When you are using negative language in regards to spending or your money or your budget, you are reinforcing your own reality. If you're seeing the budget as limiting, you are going to be in a limiting state. So when you're speaking to friends and and they ask you out on some expensive venture, flip the script and say something really positive. Like, I haven't yet acquired the resources for that, but I'm really looking forward to it. Or how about flipping the script by changing up what the friends desire to do and creating a different activity? If they've invited you out, you can invite them in to your home. There's so many different ways to get creative that don't have to feel that limiting as long as you keep it in your mind and in your heart and feel what it feels like to be wealthy and to have the resources that you need, even if you don't have them right in this very moment. It's so much more empowering. So paying attention to your language around your budget when you're speaking even about yourself is so important and a very key aspect to manifestation, which we will talk about in the future. And also another thing with the budgeting, with the language, pay attention to the trends, the long-term trends in your spending and your expenses. Don't get too caught up on little things and beat yourself up. Your budget should not be creating guilt. So if you went to brunch and you overspent, there should be no guilt around that. It's okay. The budget is just a way for you to kind of put a little bit of structure around things, but you're going to go over, you're going to be under. And the old you might have obsessed over something small like that, but as you go through your awakening process and do your own inner work, pay attention to how you're speaking to yourself when you do go over budget, because it shouldn't be a big deal and there should not be guilt around spending or even how much you're saving. So I encourage you to really pay very close attention to your language, how you speak to yourself. Remember to love on yourself and that energy will carry you forward and help you achieve your goals so much faster. Well, guys, if you take anything away from today's episode, I hope it is that energy is in everything. We are energy, and energy weaves itself into every aspect of our financial lives, including our cash flow management and our budgeting. And heading into the new earth, we are being asked to look at money and finances in a different and unique way. I'm looking forward to offering some group programs and one-on-one coaching to cover all of the topics on the podcast and so much more in regards to manifestation and investing. So if you're enjoying this podcast, I would so appreciate a rate and review on iTunes as well as a follow on Instagram at Spiritual Perspective Podcast. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter at spiritualperspectivepodcast.com so you don't miss any new updates and details on my new offerings this year. And I will catch you in a couple of weeks. Cheers.